Welcome back to Hospitality for Humanity, where I have conversations with people in, and actually sometimes now, outside of the food and beverage industry. And this is Andrew Mercier. He's worked in the food and beverage industry for about a decade. Um, he was also in the military. He did police foundations in college. And he had a very extenuating experience that uh, plagued him in Phuket, Thailand, where he got in a bike accident and broke his back. And so I wanted to talk to him about perseverance and the journey, you know, and how you wake up and move forward through obstacles that present themselves on a daily basis. And we learn that what is, is, and that we need to accept it and to be grateful for the gift that the universe gives you. Without further ado, please welcome Andrew Mercier. We got all the personalities from the world of hospitality. So let's talk about reality here on Hospitality for Humanity. All right, so we're just going to get started here, and I want to introduce Andrew Mercier. He's been a good friend for a long time and somebody that's been a bit of an inspiration. You know, he's done a lot of travels around the world. It was in uh, 33 countries or something like that. Um, he's been in the military. Um, he grew up basically in the same neighborhood that I grew up in. And uh, we're, we're really going to talk about today is perseverance and the journey to get to where you want to be and then realizing that it's all about the journey. And there's a lot of obstacles that uh, Andrew's come up to face in his life and hopefully we can learn something from this. So Andrew, give us a brief synopsis of, you know, maybe like start from high school and go, how did, you know, like, I, I know, you know, like you went, You've, you've done a podcast before this and we talked about, you talked about, uh, you know, your, your whole history of everything, but I want to get more into your feeling and your thoughts along, you know, those, those things that go on inside your head that make you do the changes and make you make the shifts that you made. So, okay. you know, like from, from high school into the working world, into, you know, military, and then leaving and traveling, and then you know your your big obstacle that kind of I guess was something super unexpected. Anyways, uh, I think it is for everybody. Nobody wishes for it. Nobody plans on it. Um, but yeah, just give us a, give us a little bit of a rundown, and uh, maybe tell us about those things that that changed your mind and made you want to do different things yeah well i mean so for me it's sort of we went to school together like high school together and yeah, one yeah. of those pivotal moments in my life was um as, as a lot of people in our generation was september 11th and i was in uh, mr archibald's law class when september 11th happened and it was at that moment that i decided that i was like okay well you're going to come and attack an ally of ours, like, you know, our closest neighbor and everything like that. Well, I'm going to go join the military. Because as a kid, 
you don't realize that like you're just like this horrible tool that's being used in this game that's that's playing out but i'll, I'll tell a little bit more about that later um and that was what made me decide to like join the military uh so i went to i went to Conestoga college and i got my degree in in policing uh and i joined the military and then basically like right after i got in um i ended up uh, getting this book and it was a book about how the united states air force had just like mowed down a bunch of canadian soldiers in afghanistan and so i'm like in this indoctrination period which is literally what they call it in doc uh, at the beginning of like military mm -hmm. service and uh, i'm reading this book about how basically like the people who are supposed to be our allies are not what's, any sorry what's the book called so long ago um i'll find it okay and well, we'll okay. we can get to that. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, but like, so I'm reading this book and I'm, I'm like getting like this sort of like mixed messaging. And I, I, I get these sort of things that happen in my life and came to the realization that I didn't know if it, like my heart was really going to be in it. Like, you know, I was all um, built up on this idea that like I was going to go and do right and, and fix the world and everything like that. Uh, and luckily and unluckily, I got injured. Uh, I broke my ankle in a pretty bad way with like three bones in my foot that like got all smashed up. And uh, I had to release from the military, uh, which I think was, you know, a really lucky thing that happened in my life because a lot of the guys that I was in service with ended up going on and having some pretty horrific experiences. Um, but that was, you know, I, I came back from the military and I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I always knew that there was like people who were working in, in food and Bev and they were doing, you know, pretty good money. Um, and it was something that like, didn't require me to have a lot of thinking going on. Cause I was still sort of all messed up from mm -hmm. being like, released back into the world without having any, uh, they don't give you any like decompression time when they, when you leave the Canadian forces, they just sort of like release you back into the world. And so I wasn't ready for like any other job that was, you know sort of uh, cerebral but i thought to myself well i can you know rehab this foot and i can get working and uh, i can do serving because i've seen other people in my life do it and they've done pretty well with it so i ended up getting a job at uh, a local place do you name the businesses it's up to you okay completely um, up yeah. to you um yeah. i'm yeah i'm okay with it Okay, cool. Yeah, so I ended up getting taken on by uh, Musunuski's, which is owned by like Charcoal Group, a, a local place in like Kitchener Waterloo. It was really quite interesting because the way that they took me on was they needed me to do security for them for a certain night of the week that they had. Um, and I said, okay, I'll do security for you and you can take advantage of all the, all the things that I've learned on the condition that you give me some days of serving and teach me how to do this part of the business. And uh, so it was a sort of trade-off. They were really only looking to hire me for the security part of things, but I was able to sell my wares to be able to get myself into serving. And as soon as I got into serving, like my first night all by myself, I did like a hundred bucks in tips. And I know that like some people are, you know, out there crushing it, doing big things. But for me, a hundred bucks back in like 2010, 2011 was a pretty good night. And so uh, that was sort of my, my journey into food and Bev. And now I've, and I've done it at like five or six different restaurants and uh, a lot of like corporate, some smaller, uh, 
but I, I've, I've loved my experience in it and it's been eye opening. And it also gives me a whole bunch of different like experiences that mm-hmm. travel all over the world and do various different things. So. Well, I, I have actually, I want to, I want to do a second, do something and roll back because you started with, you started talking about college, going to college, going to police foundations, which I know a bunch of people who did that. Some of them are still cops. Some of them are not at all. Um, you know, and like, like you, you went to the military. Um, first, what was, cause there seems to be something like, 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 uh, and especially what you did, what you said about the food and beverage approach at that time, like, like afterwards, you, you seem to be really aligned at that age and that air, that, that span of time with this idea of service and, and protecting maybe. And I want to know, I want to know what part of you, if you think of it now, what part of you then wanted to do that? Was it like maybe um, out of an innate uh, need to protect and like feeling that you need needed to help change the situation, or was it out of like an ideal that like there was a hero in your life that you kind of wanted to live up to? Yeah. Or, are you talking? Are you talking about like in the food and bev world, or are you talking about? I'm talking about right like moving, with like like going into police foundations, and then like moving into the military. Because you were saying that it was based on, you know, like seeing uh, the attack on America of nine eleven, and uh, you know, and then I would like to know because there's a, it seems to be a huge turning point where you know you're reading this book about uh, Canadians being fired upon by Americans, and it sort of changes your, your ideals start to change, you know, especially as you're growing and growing older and you're learning and you're like, Holy shit, because this is something that, you know, like I really, I really question myself about too, because I also wanted to join the military out of high school. And, um, I started reading books like yourself and I, and I really was going, Holy shit, it turns into a mental obstacle. I'm like, I need to stop what I'm doing because I don't know if I, what I want to, if what I'm doing there or the direction I'm going follows my ethos anymore or follows, you know, like what I'm doing. So like, where did that come from? Like the, the original thought of like wanting to join the police force and the military, because there's something like other than just being like, you want to contribute to the effort Like you have to have an underlying of like, Oh, I want, I want to serve or I got to like, cause I find that like, for me, it was, I wanted to do, I wanted to build like fill a, fill a gap because I thought that I could do something better than what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So for me, um, I, I don't know if you recall or not, but like most of the way through high school, I the, the topped out at about four foot 11 and uh, just like this tiny guy. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, part, part of it, to be perfectly honest with you, like going into policing was that very often, uh, which happens with a lot of guys or a lot of people who are looking to go into policing, it's like, um, if I get given power by the state, then I can take back all the power that all of my bullies took from me when I was growing up. Um, and so, you know, if you want to get back down to it, like, if I'm really thinking about it, you know, that might put in one of the, uh, the driving things for me to get into policing and to wanting to, to get into that kind of like law enforcement and that sort of things. Um, but it was also just sort of like, there was, um, 
childhood traumas and you can read into that exactly however you want to um that i also didn't uh see was being handled right in the canadian legal system and i thought that maybe if i was inside the system i'd be one of the people who could change it um and so give me a half a sec can you pause this the recording for a second yes. i just gotta go deal with something Just let me know when you're back. Cool. So for me, um, you know, with like the being a bully kid and being small, and then also having had those like childhood traumas and experiences, um, I just wanted to see if I could be the way I could change the process from being inside the system. Um, but unfortunately, you know, for me, it, it took me into the military, and or fortunately, um, and it just taught me a lesson. As in, like, in this indoctrination period, as I said, I was also seeing that, like, we were just sort of, like, we were the third choice for the war in Afghanistan, right? Because they were supposed to be, it wasn't our turn in the rotation for NATO. The Germans backed out, and I believe it was also the Dutch or the Belgians who were supposed to be there. But then they all backed out, and it was just Canada and the U.S. at that time. But, like, the U.S. was, like, killing, you know, blue on blue. Um, for our soldiers. And I was like, okay, well, that's not, not an acceptable thing for me. And it, it, it kind of started to put like this, um, I have a, a thinking part of my brain, luckily for me, that I couldn't turn off. And um, I realized that like my heart really wasn't in it. And then I got injured and it was sort of like this perfect intervention by the universe in my world to, uh, to get me out of that situation. So, I think that where I go with, you know, like when I'm put in position of a power, sort of like being in the police, like you were saying, like it, it would, it was sort of like a way to put yourself in a, in a position of power that is over the, the people that were getting bullied that, that were, so that were bullying you. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you didn't go the route of, you know, wanting to learn a bunch of martial arts and like go on the street and kick their asses or like pull, point them out in a bar and be like, Hey, bigger than you now. Cause you are, but <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I mean, we still, we still have to deal with that inner child on a daily basis. Right. And that, that definitely, is um an obstacle that's there so did you find that when you were in getting into the food and beverage industry that there seemed to be some sort of um like, like a pat on the back that was being given or some sort of like push to being like oh everything's okay everything's solved now everything's better because you have this community that you're in you know, the, one of the great things that I really enjoyed about the food and beverage industry was that it was like going from such a serious environment and like the military that was like just so in, yeah, you know, it was set in its ways and everything. So like this set of people that were like, you know, fancy free and they, they would party and they would do all these like various different things that wasn't necessarily what I had been experiencing. Um, and I felt also welcome. Um I felt as if I wasn't, 
you know, playing the role of like the guy who was going to be the soldier in the military. I just happened to be Andrew when I was working at, mm -hmm. at the restaurant. And so, um, it was good, you know, like I would get, I'd get supported if, if I'd get in the weeds and that felt really good. Like I had somebody backing me up. Um, and you know, if I didn't know how to do something like another server would just help me do it. Not because it was like they wanted to do it. They just knew that they had also been there before. And, um, we were all, you know, they could tell that I was learning and that I was wanting to, to get better and grow. And so that they were willing to just, you know, take a second, even though it slows them down and what they were doing, they would help me. And I loved that. I loved feeling supported and and you know accepted and being part of like that community yeah so you you made a really big change like this is what i'm getting is that you made like a, like a super huge change from like a very structured world to like almost a very non-structured world like yeah. that's that's intense because i think that like that would that, like how did you deal with that mindset change like that had to be a, a pretty big shock to the system yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I sort of did, though, was I just took some of the learnings and lessons that I had from the military about, like, just, okay, it's going to, there's a saying, and I, I want to be super clear, I wasn't in the military for a very long time, but there's a saying that we got to say a lot, and it's embrace the suck, where if things are just terrible, like if you're, if you're training staff or if something is going on um, and they're just purposefully putting the boots to you, then then um that's the opportunity to um dig in further to that and when you dig in further to that opportunity what it does is it, it gives you the ability to understand what's going on at that moment and then if i can understand what's going on i can remove like the worry the fear the anxiety and i can create a situation for myself where i can say okay well this is a temporary uh, setback. And as I'm working my way through this, I'm going to learn how to do it. And and life doesn't get easier and you just get better at what you're doing. Right. Like uh -huh. it, the tables never get easier to do, you know, it, whether it's a table of two or it's a table of 20, it doesn't get easier to do it. You just get better at what you're doing. You know, when I first had to start, I had to write absolutely everything down. And by the time that I was doing my last job in the food and beverage industry, like I would just look at people, listen to what they were saying, go over to the computer. And then when I'm typing in the order, I just stare at that person and I'm like, okay, seat four had this, seat six had this, you know? And it was just training my brain and, and embracing the worst parts of serving, which is like, being deep in the weeds and then getting sat by like a hostess who doesn't care that you've had four tables in a row and nobody else is getting another table because they held your section for a party that never came in. And now they have people waiting at the door. And well, those people waiting at the door don't know that that was being held for a, a big party. And they see six tables up and they're like, well, why can't I go sit there? And so you get sat five times in a row with, you know, four, four tops, five you got 20 new people that you got to take care of in the next five minutes and all of them want their drink immediately and so um i i i take those experiences where like those horrible things are when it's like difficult and 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 then just like you said i have to persevere through it because there's a lesson that comes at the end of it and it's not about the end it's about obtaining that lesson and then utilizing that 
uh, experience to make it so that I'm better at it the next time that I do it. Mm -hmm. So some of these lessons that we learn, these, these obstacles that we come into, this is something that uh, just kind of popped up here, is that a lot of times they're external and say that hostess that, you know, may not be that experienced that doesn't know what to do or know how to speak to people. So when you're, when you're going through these lessons, when you're going through these things, these, these trials at least of going like, Hey man, I like, because I will be completely honest with you. There's been times where I've, where I've been like, come with me. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, and you, and you freak right out. But my year, my years of experience kind of put me in a space where I was like, I really need to start to understand things from that individual's perspective. So when you're going through these sort of things that pop up where it's an interaction with an outside obstacle, can you give us an example maybe of an outside obstacle that you have had different than this one, but where it's like, how did you take care of it? Or maybe you didn't take care of it properly. And maybe you look back on it and go, shit, I wish I did this better. Yeah. Like, are you asking like in a food and bev sense or are you just asking like in a life sense? You know what? Maybe in a life sense too. It doesn't really matter if it's food and beverage because it's all applicable. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, um, the biggest thing that's happening and, and you alluded to it earlier was, um, you know, I was working at a food and bev job um, and I was out in Cochrane, Alberta tiny little town outside of Calgary, but I got this opportunity to go and work and live and like vacation sort of as like sort of all in one, uh, in Bangkok, Thailand or, uh, Phuket, Thailand, excuse me. So like down on the little Island that's on the peninsula on the Andaman seaside closer to India. Um, and I just went to go get a haircut one day. And the next thing I knew, I woke up in a hospital seven hours later with a broken neck and I was like paralyzed. Um, like, feel certain parts of my body. I couldn't, um, I couldn't do a lot of the things that I could do before. Um, and that was the biggest obstacle that I've ever had to face in my entire life because the very first obstacle that I had to face was simply getting the doctors and the nurses to hear, understand and believe that something was much worse than what they thought, uh, because they were getting ready to, um, to release me. They'd only taken x-rays of like, you know, my, my body and they couldn't see that there was um, three fractures in the vertebrae in my neck. Um, and that was why I couldn't move my body. Um, so the very first thing that I had to do was learn how to communicate in a completely different way uh, to be able to get a doctor who was willing to come in there and listen to what it was that I had to say. And hearkening back to some of the things that I had to learn uh, just from like being in food and bev, like I had to learn how to speak to um, a hostess who was like a young person uh, and communicate with them in such a way to be like, listen, I'm happy that you want to seat my section and I need you to give me five minutes in between each seating. And if you can just give me five minutes in between each seating, you don't have to go over and apologize to the table that I haven't been to them yet. And so it's simply for me about this process of slowing things down. And, you know, one of the great athletes in, in all of athletic and sport in my mind is Wayne Gretzky. And he often used to say, when the puck would hit my stick, 
time would slow down. And I know that I know that like the guys who are in the NHL are skating the fastest that they, that, you know, can skate in the world and then everything's moving quickly. When I have that puck on my stick, the whole game slows down. And when that game slows down, I know that I'm back in control of the moment. And then when I get in control of the moment, that's when I can create the biggest changes in my life. And so I slowed down and I asked the doctor to come in and, and just listen to me. Um, and after many hours of begging and pleading with various different healthcare professionals, I finally got them to take me for a CT scan. They were worried about if I'd be able to pay or not. And I pulled out my health, like I didn't pull out my health card, but somebody pulled out like my travel insurance health card. And then they were all for it. So uh, I had to stop and think, how am I going to get myself through this situation? And, you know, breaking my neck was, it's been the craziest thing that's ever happened in my life. It's, I don't know a lot of people who have done it. So. So what were some of the challenges that you faced when you came back from that? I think is where I would go from here because you're all of a sudden having to change a whole bunch of things. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're slow. You, you literally did slow the fuck down. I did. You had no choice. Did. Yeah. And yeah. I know when COVID hit and then you're like, when we went to lockdown that I had to slow the fuck down. And it caused panic and anxiety. Um, how was that for you? Like, you know, not being able to do the things that you could do every day. Yeah. Well, I would say this. Um, I have been given many great gifts in the world. And one of the greatest gifts that I've been given is people. And um, I was given a gift from a, a very, you know, influential person in my life to say, when I lose control, take a minute to assess and breathe. And then I can do two things. I can fight what is and constantly be in battle with the way that the universe actually is. Or I can accept what is. And it's a, uh, I say it slow for people the first time they hear it. What is, is. And if I'm choosing to say what is, isn't, then I'm going to constantly be in battle. If I accept that what is, is, then I can say, okay, well, I know where I am right now. I can assess where it is that I want to be. And if you have a beginning point and you know where it is that you want to get to, then you can plot any trail that you want. So it kind of goes, harkens back to that knowledge, that idea of knowing, knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and being comfortable in the fact that you know what you don't know yeah. or not knowing what you don't know is kind of the, the, the part where we need to really, where we need to slow down and go, you know, like go, okay, sh well, I don't know what's coming next or I don't know any, there's just a huge blank there, you know? And, uh, I can see that, you know, this, this idea of, of taking a step back and slowing down um, is something that is very crucial. You know, like, uh, like I'm right there with you. Like I've learned that, like I've decided to take this time to build myself back up into a better person. And uh, I think that not to say that I wasn't, 
in the beginning. But you know what? I think that uh, the point is, is that every now and again in that, in the journey, we're going to have these little hiccups, sometimes huge hiccups in your case. But we have to remember that, you know, like coming back and going, oh, shit, maybe I should uh, slow down a little bit, a little bit. Maybe this is the universe's way of saying like, oh, hey, man, moving yeah. too fast, right? <laughs> moving way too fast. You've got to take some time. You've got to settle the fuck down. Yeah. And think about, uh, you know, really think about what it is, because. I think like maybe Andrew, maybe your point of view, maybe your thing was, was that, you know, there was something else out there for you. Yeah. Well, I would really say also, you know, in, in, in the line of thinking that you're saying, you know, being forced to slow down, some of the greatest gifts that I've had to, um, or I've had since my accident have been like the very first day that I was able to pick up a fork and feed myself again. Do you know how crazy that is to be like a 35 year old man who can't feed himself or like to be able to go and shower by myself without having to have like a nurse's aid or a PSW or something with showering. And so like it's the ultimate slowdown because it's a, it's forced on me in such a way that like, okay, you know, my entire world changed in a, in a split second. And do you know how grateful I am that I can use my hands? Like, you know, before we started recording, I was feeding myself. Like I, I ate right before we started doing this recording. The gratefulness that I have every time that I can use my hands to pick up food or an implement to feed myself. I was just at, uh, I don't know if you know Kitchener Waterloo anymore, but like, uh, do you know Bima's Moran? It's up by uh, University and King. Uh, I'm not quite sure I do. Uh, I was super lucky. I got to go eat there a couple nights ago and I got to use chopsticks. It was sort of like one of the first times that I was using chopsticks, but to be able to pick up the chopsticks and then pick up food and to be able to feed myself, the ultimate slowdown. And I was so proud of myself that I could use chopsticks because like this, we're super lucky that we have thumbs so we can pinch things, but I lost that ability for a little while. And now I'm so grateful that I get to have these little experiences often. And it's the tiniest little things in this slowdown that have made my life really amazing and livable, but it's also changed my perspective on so many things. Um, and I think it's made me a more empathetic and caring person uh, where now I see, you know, I, 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 I am lucky and I know that I'm lucky that I have born in like, Canada as a male who's white in a middle-class family who's, you know, hasn't had to face a lot of the things that some of the other people in my life have had to face. And now um, the slowing down has also shown me that as the man that I am now, and that, you know, you said, you know, I got big, uh, I was four foot 11 in high school, but now I'm six foot and I was like 90 pounds in high school. And now I'm like 250 pounds. Um, I can use my voice and I can use my physical presence now to affect change in people when I see things going wrong. And so now I'm a really big, loud advocate for uh, people with disabled, like disability, uh, disability things. So, um, you know, 
don't park in a handicapped spot in front of me if you don't have the, if you don't have the sticker because i don't care if you're staying there for two minutes or you're you know if you don't have the disability to use that spot i'm not the guy to, to be there when you're doing that kind of thing um and i'll take i'll take up the torch for people now and it feels good to be able to use my body in that way when i lost the ability to use my body for, for a period of time okay so where i think we're coming to here is you know using obstacles and turning them around to be something that you can find the ability to be grateful for you know the change that it brings and you know maybe the awakening that happens or something or like you know like a light bulb comes on um i don't want to say woke because woke culture is something completely different and we can go off on another tangent on that another time but uh i think that I think that in, in your you know personal life and personal experiences that you know people keep and where I kind of want to keep going with this podcast is you know speaking with people that run into these outside obstacles and how they deal with them internally and even internal obstacles as well because they usually manifest the same way like you know you have an outside obstacle the internal obstacle comes up out of the blue and you're like oh didn't know that i had that yeah you know um i didn't know i had social anxiety weird because i'm the most social person that you could ever think of <laughs> yeah. you know and then uh you know so what do you what do you end up doing um uh, like are you like career-wise like outside of you know like you come back from thailand and you're, you're going through recovery and uh i know you came and visited me obviously because i was there uh, <laughs> You came and visited me at my work, which was awesome to see you there and uh, chipper and enjoying things. Um, but what are you doing for work and like, what's your what's your career path? Like, you got anything on the side going on right now? Or yeah, so um, some of the things now that I want to do is like a big goal that I've set myself is I want to have a hundred billion dollars of assets. Um, and people say, well, why do you need that much money? In fact, a, a lot of the time, people are like, okay, well, you're really anti-billionaire. Um, which you know, I congratulations you you won capitalism when you've made more than a billion dollars. But I want to take that money at the end of my life, and I want to buy water tables to be able to give it back to the people who really deserve to have access to water. One of the like one of the harshest things I ever heard a human say or, or quoted was when the uh, CEO of Nestle said, "Water is not a human right." I was like, fuck you, it isn't. <laughs> I'm 90% water. Like every single person is 90% water. And, and if water isn't a human right, then what is? Um, so I've aligned myself again, as I said, you know, some of the greatest gifts that I have in my life is people. And uh, one of the people in my life was a guy named Brad Hart. And he taught me, uh, he said, Andrew, your gift or one of the things that you're quite good at is to be an owl you just run around saying who because you don't need to know everything if you know everybody and so if you're an owl in life and you can meet enough people you can get anything that you want and or need um so you know at the end of my life i want to have 100 billion dollars that i can buy water tables with to be able to give water back to people uh, but some of the things that i'm working on right now projects in like solar uh working on projects in um plant medicine things like that 
helping companies get funded, helping them to be able to build and grow their businesses and make, make their um, effect that much more in the world and really uh, focus on working with companies that have that same sort of idea of like, I'm building a company, but I'm also building it to like change the world back from like this crony capitalism or uh, the, the, the way that business was done before. Mm -hmm. So my dreams are giant now. Well, I think that's the way to go, really. Um, small things are great. You know, we have to have we have to have uh, milestones that we're working at in order to achieve the end because the milestones and that journey is, I think, where, you know, like the most beautiful things happen and that we tell our story, you know, once we get to the end, you know, that's, that's ascension, that's death, whatever you want to look at, like, whatever you want to call it, right? That's, um, it's passing into the next realm or some, or whichever way anybody looks at it and depending on their religions or their beliefs. But we're not done our journey until we until that happens. Yeah, you know, and, uh, I think that where you're going with it is is awesome that you've created this this purpose and gift from this gift that you've got. Where it's like you're like and that gift that you want to give. Where it's like this this is exactly this is exactly what I want to do. Um, is I'm I'm curious about the billion billion dollar figure to the hundred billion dollar figure there how did you come up with that i just said what's the biggest number that i could think that i could ever amass for myself in my lifetime based on the number of years that i have left mm -hmm. and so if i can get myself to a hundred billion dollars that's 10 times more than i ever thought that I, you know 10 billion was a, a a number that i thought was big but if i you know go for 10 times more than that and not necessarily using like that that gc model um but just necessarily like aim much bigger than i think that i'm capable of because the doctor said that i would never walk again that i might not you know use my hands might not walk might not do any of this stuff and i walk perfectly fine like i did five kilometers a couple days ago and like i can pick up chopsticks and feed myself so i didn't you know the limitations that other people are putting on me are are way less than the limitations that I'm putting on myself. And if I can put a giant goal that I think is even, you know, it's that butt puckering goal where you go, you know, like that's scary. And then say, okay, well, I'm going to lean into it and I'm going to go and get, I'm going to get that because it's a silly saying, but you know, if you shoot for the moon, you end up among the stars. I mean, like, we know that the stars are way further out than the moon now, but it's that understanding of like, go for that big dream, go for that goal. And then just like you said at the start of this, persevere. Uh, I've had a lot of opportunities just like fizzle out. And I've had people who would like lied about their capability of creating companies and, you know, take money from people. And, it, you know, it's just, it, I'm just going to keep going. I don't care. Like I'm going to find the right people and I'm going to work with the right people. And I'm going to be able to get to the things that I want to get to because I obviously having, you know, almost died a couple of times in my life and been dead one time with the, with the accident. Cause I was, I was dead on the side of the road uh, from that, from the accident. Just like you said, like, there's something more for me. There's something else that I have to do. There's something else that I'm, I'm going to create in this world. And now, you know, like 
I have 24 hour pain and like, you know, it's hard for me to wake up some days, but the other thing too, is like, I get to wake up and I get to breathe and I get to, uh, see the sun and like watch, like I, I'm one of those weird people who picked up like growing plants in the pandemic. So like, I get to watch like a new leaf come on, like my, on my, my plants or something like that. But that's the coolest thing. But like that tiny little thing is also something that gets me to the next day or like gets me to push on with like a project that seems to be, you know, going really slow. And so it's like, for me, um, why not carry on? I've been given another gift of life again. And yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, uh, but that hard also creates that opportunity for me to be able to go and say, well, if I can get through this and I can get through anything. You ever have, you ever have like, I mean, everybody has them, but like, maybe is there, is there a point like where like, you know, like some days you wake up and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Like imposter syndrome. Yeah. 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 I mean, a hundred percent. And oftentimes it's as a result of like another person in my life doubting me. And for whatever reason, I decided to try and put some weight into their perception of who it is that I am. Uh, and then I just remind myself that I know who the fuck I am and I know what it is that I'm looking to create in the world. And that person only knows a portion of what they see. And then however they interpret the things that they see of that portion is their belief. And that's not me. That's just their perception of me in a moment of time. And when I allow myself to, you know, um, you know, the French part of me is coming out. It's like logician. When I like am a, a magician of logic and I apply the logic correctly, I'm able to work my way through those imposter moments to be able to, you know, come back to who it is that I am and ground myself and what it is that I look am looking to do in the, in the world. That right there is kind of a, a big one for me because, you know, with a lot of the changes, like I've like last two decades, I think I've like been food over two decades, been food and beverage. And, uh, you know, this is why I do the podcast. This is why I, I do this to remind myself where I come from and, you know, kind of give back a little bit at the same time, but also learn about the journey as I go with other people, you know, by talking to yourself about these sorts of things and then having it on record where I can go back and listen, you know, I can talk about things like, like I'd say, I'm, you're the you're the fourth person that I've talked to you in my fourth episode, and it's it's um, we're we're cutting it down just because I I think that the time constraints of the other ones like being two hours being great conversations, you know, but uh, we're cutting it down just uh, for easy more uh, easy listening. But I think that it's great speaking to you about these sorts of things because I think everybody needs to hear it out there that they're not alone, you know, that other people have struggles. And they go through them and being able to get that on a consistent basis and being able to hear that from other people and how they overcome their struggles. Is there something that you do specific, like a practice or anything like that? Like, I want to know, like, do you, do you go, do you have like a go to bed routine? Like, how do you, how's your sleep? Like, 
how's your exercise regime like you just said you um, went for five, a 5k walk like what is it that you do to sort of like give yourself some regiment and push or what is it that you do to calm your mind yeah i i don't necessarily ascribe to like i have a very like set um you know like i have to go to bed at this time and i have to do all these various different things but what i would say is i give myself grace i actually will give myself permission to understand that uh just like i said you know like if i know where i am now and i know where i want to get to oftentimes people think that recovery from you know a traumatic accident it, it looks like this right but it doesn't it's you you move back forth around like all this craziness but giving myself permission to experience and then accept what life is knowing that i'm not accepting to stay in a place but rather accepting that this is where i am currently and i know where it is that i want to go is what gives me the ability is you know that sort of magic key that i've unlocked for myself to know that times will be hard or things will be difficult or things will be great and to accept and understand that the the hard and the great are both necessary to be able to get me to where it is that i'm looking to go and then to just be able to say uh, you know i'll say it again what is is um if i'm if i'm struggling against something then what i'm resisting will persist in my life and if i accept that you know we just elected the exact same government who's put us in the exact same terrible position for the last however many years and we've been doing that back and forth for as long as the country has existed okay well i can get mad and i can get fighty about that and sometimes that's necessary and it's sometimes necessary to be you know that vocal outspoken voice and sometimes it's just necessary to accept that this is where we are because if i can accept it then i can begin to understand it and if i can begin to understand it then i can look to ways to and i use this word very specifically manipulate the situation in effort to get to the goal that i'm actually looking for and going back to being in in food and beverage and in service like i had to learn how to talk to the kitchen guy i had to learn how to talk to the bartender i had to learn how to talk to the hostess and i had to learn how to talk to the manager so that i could get all the things that i wanted and needed so that i could get my food to my table so that i could have happy guests so that you know i would get bigger tips and so then if i just accept that you know i have a manager and let's say that manager has the undying need to make it so that like if they ever catch you leaning they want you to go and like clean something or whatever i can get mad about the fact that like you know that person sending me out to clean something for the 55th time for that shift or i can just never get caught cleaning because then i can manipulate the situation in the way that i want and that helps me get the things that i want and and makes it so that we can all work towards the the goal that we're looking to which is to give the guests a good experience and so there's nothing wrong with manipulating situations to to give everybody the outcome that you want you just have to not manipulate people to like use them in nefarious ways mm-hmm. but if i can manipulate you Nate to do a 
better job. Like if you were my bartender and I can manipulate you to do a better job so that like I get my drinks on the rail faster, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it every single time. But I want you to feel good at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, we've all used, well, I mean, not everybody because I've worked with some people who have no idea. And it's, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's, it's necessarily manipulation because the word can be used in a nefarious way itself. Right. Because some, like, especially with your, with certain, with everyone's like people's cognitive association of it, it's like, Oh, well, that sounds like a bad word. I it, mean, a word is not, just a word. It's a not. word is just a word. Yeah. And it's, it's not a bad word to an extent where I'm saying like, I, I want to get a result from somebody. So I'm going to learn how they behave so that I can adjust the way I speak to get that result from them. Yeah. Which they would otherwise, they would, yeah, it's the exact same thing. Right. So you gotta like, yeah, I think like, I think like where I'm going with that is like, I was, I was like, well, you know, there are some people that'll probably want to avoid that whole, that whole segment just because you we use the word manipulation, but I want to make it clear that that's just a construct of what society's given us that manipulation is a bad thing. Um, yeah. It can be good. Like you yeah, said, absolutely. just not a, not a nefarious way. Um, you know, like for, for uh, personal gain in a, in a nefarious way. And yeah. uh, we don't really need to go into what those are because I think your imagination can uh, fly on that one. <laughs> Anybody's can. Um, but uh, yeah. So I think, I think like, you know, now just candidly, because we got about, not, uh, about 10 minutes left and what we've agreed to speak in the time frame. And I've, and I just want to honor that. Um, things, things have definitely changed for the whole world. And we're, we're all going through this, uh, these, these obstacles together, but in very different directions. And I think like where I would want to go end this on is like, how do you think we can persevere through this and, you know, through the change, through the changes that, uh, you know, a uh, pandemic has brought on to the yeah, world. Like, I, how can we go through these changes? But I think like the biggest problem is, is that no one wants to do it to, like together. No one wants to figure out a way to do it. It's, it's the word, it's word unilaterally. <laughs> yeah. Well, people are looking to do it unilaterally rather than like cooperatively. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not going to solve the entire problems of the world, but if more people took a moment to seek to understand first, if I can seek to understand why it is that you're bringing a certain set of beliefs to a situation and then utilize that understanding to create a situation where I can then speak to what's driving the choices that you're making, um, I will fare better in getting the outcome of a win-win for both of us. Yeah. So coming up with a plan that's homogenous for everyone, like 
like where it's like, I think that I, I think that I, I would like to see our country and all countries working a little bit more um, together than the way things have been going. Mm-hmm. And there needs to be a lot less shaming it needs to be mm-hmm. a lot less pointing of fingers. And there needs to be more of this, like, okay, so how do we move past this fucking roadblock? And then there also seems to be, a, there also seems to be a, a separate group of people that are going, <clears throat> I just want to, I just want to not deal with anything. I just want to like go on with my life and live ignorantly outside of that. And it's like, and I think that it, I don't really want to like get onto a specific topic by any means, but we have, we have so many different things that are happening right now on an international platform that are drawing so many different opinions. I think like, where do we, where do you think we go? How do you think we persevere? Like, is it, is, is there going to be another catastrophe that's going to happen? That's going to slap us and make us go, Oh shit. I mean, it's a choice, right? I could have just chosen to stay lying paralyzed in that bed and let myself die if i wanted to i have to choose to want more for myself and i have to choose to want different um and i have to also then direct my energies in the right direction um and i find oftentimes what i'm seeing is well-intentioned intelligent and good-hearted people directing their energy in a a direction that isn't actually going to produce a fruitful result and um sorry can you repeat that sure no problem I, i see good people that i've known for a very long time putting their energy in directions that isn't necessarily going to produce a fruitful fruitful result. Mm -hmm. And so then my responsibility, if I choose to take it on is to seek to understand how it is that that person came to the belief that they hold, understand why it is that they're looking at the world in that certain way. And then if they are willing, speak with them and, uh, and engage with them in such a way that allows me to say, well, maybe the world would look a little bit different if you did it this way. And that is a noble pursuit in my mind Mm -hmm. to be able to say, I love that you're willing to engage in this high level thinking. Let's teach you now, if you choose, if you allow me to, Let's teach you how to think more critically about the thing that you've decided to engage with and then utilize those critical thinking skills to create a synthesized understanding to be able to create hypothesis to move forward from. But is really just stopping a lot of people from uh, letting themselves to think critically because what's mm-hmm. happening is you have, you know, I, I know we only have a couple of minutes left, but like 
That's the okay. Canadian military literally, the Canadian military literally just came out and said that they took the pandemic as an opportunity to um, create uh, propaganda to drive the narrative in the way that they want to. And so then, what's my responsibility now as somebody who's who's you know of my own belief thinks that I'm a critical thinker and wants to to assist people? I got to tell people that. The government is actively using propaganda to drive a narrative the way that they want to. The, the government is actively using a narrative to drive propaganda the way that they want to. They've come out and they've admitted to it because they got caught. And then to also not allow myself to move into the crazy places of the world. And when I say crazy places of the world, I don't want to think too far in the like, I trust the government wholeheartedly and the crazy place of, I trust absolutely nothing that the government does wholeheartedly. I have to create these boundaries to be able to be like, okay, well now I know that the government is willfully producing propaganda to drive a narrative that they want to create. Well, what do I do with this information? This, well, is, something, it's, this is something that like I've also done is I've tried to sit in the middle and hear both sides and now it's like well if they've taken if they've taken the cart and run with it like like run in their own direction with it like what else have they been doing and i want to be careful with the what else have they been doing mm -hmm. because what happens i see is people will end up in this world where they start going on various different places to get to get information and then they stop critically thinking about that information and the narrative that that propaganda or mm -hmm. that producer of that information is looking to get to believe mm -hmm. and so being skeptical also means that you have to have you know like a boundary that you put on yourself where you're like okay well i don't wholeheartedly trust the government because there's literally people in my life who are like Dr. Fauci, this, he's like, he's perfect. You should never question what it is that he's saying. And then I have people on the other end who are like, Dr. Fauci drinks the blood of babies and is like participating in crazy sex cults. And I'm like, okay, well, like, I see that there's all this information available to me, but what is each person who's saying that trying to achieve when they're espousing those sets of beliefs? And then how can I take the information from both sides and synthesize it together to create a rational cohesion? coherent and cogent argument that then I can take to the world and say, well, yeah, you know, we shouldn't trust the government completely, but we should also not distrust the establishment so wholeheartedly that we end up in this place where outside factions like, uh, you know, um, the West is constantly at risk of being destabilized because we constantly have like changes of government where there are certain countries in the world who haven't had a change of government for more than 50 years. And as such, they can drive a narrative over and over repeatedly until it becomes that indoctrination period. Um, and so it's our responsibility. If we have the freedoms, we also have to take the accountability for those freedoms to be able to be like, okay, well, I have to also be a responsible citizen to the country if they're giving me the freedoms they have. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that a part of it though, is that we kind of been in doctrine since day one because you know like canada and north america are supposed to be this big land of the free these and uh and, you know and, and nobody thinks that anything can happen at home yeah but we're not 
And we haven't been free since, you know, 9-11 and we haven't been free since the end of World War II and we haven't been free since the first people of European origin came to this country because we were leaving, you know, persecution from the, the British uh, government and also just sort of like we were bringing tyranny down on the world on this side of the place anyway. So if I, if I take it back to that, then I can say, okay, well, we've never actually been free. And we also have freedoms that have been given to us, um, but they can be taken away at any time. And as such, it's my responsibility to learn how to operate within those freedoms to get the maximum benefit for as many people. as possible. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, like coming into going, going full circle back into our, to our original conversation is that, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're, it's all about, um, persevering through what we're what we you know our journey is and understanding what our obstacles are you know whether we it's a known known or it's a known unknown and you know um understanding like you said what is is and i agree with you on that you know like if we if we try to fight it so much again um like you were saying like what you're resisting um will persist it's or what are we resisting you know like we have to figure out what it is we're resisting i think and and then so we'll better know what's persisting so that we can stop and overcome that obstacle yeah and i think that we've got some great messages out of this conversation with you well i mean thank you for allowing me to you know vamp and share some of the things that I've learned in, in my life. And, you know, mm. I, there's lots of more opportunity. I'm happy to come back and, and chat with you about a bunch of different other things, but yeah, definitely. We can do a part two because uh, usually they're about two hours. <laughs> yeah. We've got a lot of time to, we, we, we've got, you and I could talk probably forever on this sort of these sorts of things, but uh, what we're going to do is just gonna call it right now. And uh, thank you. Um, and I uh, wish, uh, Love and light to you, my friend, and happiness, and continue down that path. Thanks, man. I love you, too. All right. Take care of yourself, brother. You, too. Take care.